0: Hey, everybody. You know how this is. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where that's what we talk about. We also talk a lot about feminism, and this week's conversation is kind of all about that, but with a twist. Now, for those of you who are new to the conversation, I am the author of Common Sense Pregnancy and Mom's Side of the Story, and you can get Common Sense Pregnancy wherever you get your books, Amazon, your bookstore, Target, wherever, and you can get Mom's Side of the Story over on my website, jeanfalkner.com, and yeah, I know, it's a hard name to spell, let me spell it for you, J-E-A-N-N-E, Faulkner, dot com. I was Fit Pregnancy's advice columnist for eight years, and I was a labor and delivery nurse for about twenty. And I've been a writer for magazines, newspapers, and lots of health and nonprofit organizations. And my focus has generally been on women's health and pregnancy and parenting and healthcare, and uh, a lot of focus on the impact gender has on our healthcare systems. I'm also the mom of many, and. You know what? That's a pretty good roundup of where my expertise comes from. And this podcast is about exploring the many ways that women's lives and motherhood and men and fatherhood and parents and parenting of all genders at all stages of our children's lives connect with what's going on in healthcare and politics and the bigger world that we're all raising families in. So now, I'm a great big feminist. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you already know that I think we make it too damn hard for women to live full lives because you know, the deck is kind of stacked against us and that inequality overflows. Certainly into our children's lives and our partners lives, but also, you know, into our extended families, lives. it lives and it extends into the economy and to the culture at large. Now, I'm older than many of you, and I'm at the adult children stage of mothering, which means that I've been working and watching the arc of women's lives and rights for a good long time now. And while much has changed for women in the workplace, no doubt about it, but a whole lot has not. And many of our basic social structures, especially here in the United States, are really designed around old-fashioned family models you know that were maybe traditional in certain parts of the country for certain people you know maybe 50 years ago families where women were at home with the kids and dad worked a job that provided medical insurance but that just isn't what american families look like certainly not anymore so that's what we talk about here on the podcast the many ways families have shifted and the ways society needs to adjust now in my opinion Feminism is a very big part of the cultural shift that I believe must take place in order for us to adapt to the way, you know, people and families live today. And when you think about it, for as long as humans have walked the earth, we've never had true political, economic, or social equality of the sexes, races, religions, countries, cultures, what have you. That's not the world we've created so far. We've created one where there's a lot of division and unequal power and you know, unequal distribution of resources, and one where only a very select few are allowed to really thrive. I think, however, that most of us would say that what we want is to raise our families in communities where all children are valued and given equal opportunities and plenty of support to achieve their full potential, right? I mean, who doesn't want that for their kids? But that's certainly not what's happening in the United States or most countries in the world right now. Instead, we're struggling with sexism and racism and rampant bigotry that's really showing its ugly face these days, especially in this political climate. Now, many people think that we live in a post-feminist world where women can do whatever they want and whatever men can do. And yes, it's true that there are many more women in what used to be male-dominated professions, but nobody should kid themselves that, you know, that means we've achieved equality because for every profession and arena that women have made their way into, there are plenty of others like science and technology fields, for instance, where women are still not welcome or present in significant numbers. And we certainly see it in politics full force, right? Where only 21% of Congress is made up of women, even though we make up 51% of the population. So, you know, it's kind of no wonder why issues that are labeled women's issues you know they're actually universal issues. We're talking healthcare, childcare, education, those kinds of things. You know that's why we're not making progress in those arenas because we don't have proper representation. So no, we are have not even close to anything like equality. Not yet. We're part way there, maybe, and I think we may be in the middle of a catalytically huge revolution in what equality means and looks like. And this revolution is certainly one that includes really dramatic representations of feminism, like the Me Too movement and Time's Up movement, and you know women like Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. And it includes well-known feminists like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Gloria Steinem, and young women like Emma Gonzalez, and a lot of women in history who have paved the way for freedoms women enjoy today, women like Ida Mae Wells and Bell Hooks, it also includes a lot of celebrities who are using their spotlight to advance the rights of people who are experiencing inequality. But maybe more importantly, it also includes women like us who are living less public lives, women who are making our own inroads into improving women's quality of lives in small incremental ways. You know, that's our way of moving the needle of progress towards equality forward for women. They're not big, they're small. And many of the women that are you know, doing these smaller incremental approaches are loud and proud about their feminism. And some women are still searching for how to make their mark, or they're trying to figure out how to, how feminism is relevant to them. But some women are still resistant to the word feminist, Or the word has really negative connotations that mean that it just doesn't resonate with them. It's a title they don't want to wear. And that topic came as a little bit of a surprise to me um, during this week's conversation. And it got me thinking about whether or not it's super critical, whether women identify as a feminist or not. I mean, is it all that important? And I'd certainly prefer for all women to be feminists, but... It's a term that means different things to different people. And some people don't want to be called feminist, even if their work is focused on helping women lead better lives, you know, in a so-called man's world. We're going to talk about that right after this break. Okay, we're back. Um, so just because I'm such a word nerd, um... I thought I'd pull out a few respected definitions for the word feminism. So Merriam-Webster Dictionary, their definition for feminism is the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes or organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. I think that's pretty concise, pretty good one. So then I went over to Stanford University's Gender Innovation Program page and they say, Feminism advocates social, political, economic, and intellectual equality for women and men. Feminism defines a political perspective. It is distinct from sex or gender. And then I looked at Google Dictionary because that's the first one that comes up, right? Um, They say it's the advocacy of women's rights on the grounds of political, social, and economic equality to men. But that kind of leaves out our our growing acceptance that gender is non-binary, not just male or female men or women and equality has to include everybody. So as I was rummaging around on the internet, um, I pulled up this old article that I liked uh, from Bustle and it was written by Susanna Weiss uh, titled seven things. The word feminist does not mean. And it was posted July 5th, 2016. Go check it out. Um, It's a great article. And her major points are that, you know, we're still defining what feminism means, but there are a lot of things that we know that it just isn't. And uh, that's what her article is about. And among them, you know, feminism is not the belief that women are superior to men or the belief that, you know, men are the bad guys or that feminine things are bad or that everybody should be the same, men and women should all be the same, or that. Uh, if you're a feminist, that means you're gay, or that it's a way to reinforce gender, or, you know, it's just a way to complain about the world. None of that is feminism. Feminism is the belief, action, and political philosophy that people of all genders are equal. That's the goal. And if you're having a child soon, or you're currently raising one, you probably want that for your kids, whether they're male, female, or trans. You want them to be treated equally in society at every level so they can live their best lives. We want our children to thrive, not only because they're our children. We want them to thrive. Duh. We want that for everybody's children. But also, these are the kids who are going to move the world forward. These are the kids who are going to be tackling the really big problems that we see right in front of us right now. We need our kids to be smart. Strategic, critical thinkers, happy, functioning well in society. Yeah, we need that. So, why am I talking about the definition of feminism? Because I think that much of what this week's guest talks about includes putting women first, empowering them to respect their bodies, energy, and contributions, and to prioritize their own well being. And for me, those are really strong feminist tenets. But as I found out at the end of this conversation, Feminism means something different for this week's guest. So um, we're going to get Dorit Palvinov on the line to talk about how health begins with mom and about how putting herself first revolutionized her life as a mom, wife, and entrepreneur. Dorit is a nutritionist and a feminine energy expert who helps women put more energy and power back into their bodies and lives. She helps women who feel stuck in their weight loss journeys with emotional eating thyroid conditions, hormone imbalances, work-related burnout, and general dissatisfaction from life. She's a wife, a mom of three daughters, and she lives in Toronto, Canada. So let's get Dorit on the line. Hi, Dorit. It's Jeannie. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
0: You're well? Is it a good day for you?
1: It's a beautiful day. The sun is out. The kids are out of the house. The husband is not here. So
0: Woohoo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound like a really good Thursday.
1: Oh, and yeah. my and my sink is empty. <laughs> That's oh. the highlight.
0: <laughs> you really you're living the dream, aren't you? I'm living yeah. the
1: dream.
0: <laughs> did you have to empty the sink? That's the good question, right? Did you empty the sink?
1: Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> it was
0: you. It was you. I knew it was. I knew it was. So, are you in Toronto, Canada? Yeah, I am. <clears throat> I'm in Portland, Oregon. Cool. And you've got a bright, sunny day. I've got, oh, it's going to be rainy. We're in the middle of like a seven day stretch of cloudy, rainy gloom. But mm-hmm. my weather app says that we're going to have patches of sunlight. And around here, we call that hope. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm aware with this kind of hope, especially in Canada.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, sunshine yeah. hope. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's get started. And my first question for you is always, this, who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, thank you. So uh, I am a wife. I am a mama of three girls and I am a registered holistic nutritionist and a health coach. And I'm also a feminine energy expert. And I work with uh, perimenopausal women who are done having kids and are ready to get their energy and power back. Um, I mean, you are probably familiar with this uh, phenomenon of, uh, you know, once you become a a mom, um, it really becomes all about the kids and the home and the responsibility and the obligation and the duty. And there are so many pieces. Um, And eventually, so many women really use uh, really feel like they lose themselves or they lose a part of themselves. And so I work with this demographic. This is my ideal <laughs> client, bless you, of women, who, Thank you. women who are ready to, to start looking back at themselves, looking, you know, taking care of their body. Um, for me, it's all about energy, energy in the body and also, uh, you know, our feminine energy as, to, as, as in mental energy, emotional energy, spiritual energy. That's, that's basically my, what my work is all about.
0: Whew, I like it. That's a really good job. <laughs> that's a really <laughs> great bio. And yeah, great yeah. answer to that question. How old are the girls?
1: Uh, so I have three. Uh, th- so my oldest is 10, uh, my middle one is seven and a half, and the little one is three.
0: Oh, those are such good ages. Yeah. Ten—that is a perfect, perfect age for a girl.
1: Yeah, yes, just yesterday she's like, "Mommy, am I a decade years old?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> double digits, baby, double digits. Yeah, yeah she is. Yeah, at mm-hmm. ten, they are—you know—girls are so competent and confident. You mm-hmm. know, they're kind of at their peak before they hit that preteen stride that can you know, be such an issue for so many girls. And and I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But um, just wanting to get a little bit more of a feel for what your life is like. You're, you're a, a wife and mom, and you're an entrepreneur and a podcaster.
1: Mm-hmm. So you, do
0: you work primarily from home?
1: Yeah, I work only from home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm always intrigued by people's work setups, you know? Like when I'm reading, you know, women's magazines and they have one of those – one page articles about how she does it. And they talk about how women get through their day and what their offices are like. I love it. Cannot get that enough. (laughs) So I want to know about yours. What's your setup?
1: Um, yeah, that's a great question. You know, the, the reason I even do what I do, it's Because I am a mom. I mean, Mm -hmm. my trajectory, like my my professional trajectory, I never even thought I'm going to be, I'll end up in the health industry. I, I, growing up, I didn't care. I ate junk. I didn't exercise. I just didn't care. Um, But the moment I became a mom, um, and I was, for me, I immigrated twice (laughs) in my life. So, First time when I was six years old from former Soviet Union. So I speak Russian too. And then my parents brought us to Israel. So we lived there for 15 years. And then we came to Canada when I was 21 with my family. And so for me, everything happened like quick, 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 quick. I got married at 25. And right away, I had my daughter. So I didn't really have time to, um, to, to create you know, uh, a solid working resume. Um, right. And so I was dropped really quickly into momhood, mommyhood, and wifehood, mm-hmm. and family, and all of that. And when my daughter was a year old, I decided, like for me, the decision to put her into daycare was like I just it was like a mental health decision. <laughs> I just needed yeah. her to to just I needed somebody else to take care of her because I was just I was mentally I was not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And at that time I started looking back uh, at working options and opportunities and obviously you know uh I was looking at full time cuz part time didn't even make sense in terms of you know financially and of time you know schlepping from here and there uh standing in traffic like it just did not make sense. So for plus,
0: us that's the price of daycare. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. when you compare it to to earning wages sometimes it just doesn't compute.
1: It, just, it did not so for me it was really uh, full time but then looking at work you know at work first of all fine financially it didn't didn't really completely make sense but I also understand you know as an entry level you have to begin somewhere right sure. it's not about fi- being stuck but it's about building up from somewhere yeah. and so, so I was I was okay with like the money situation but the energy. The energy was just completely not there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you are probably familiar with this too. Um, as moms, as women, I think we're conditioned to just, yeah, you can work outside of the home, but the moment you come back home, this is still your responsibility. Yeah.
0: Right? it's still, Pretty much we, in most households still, even though it doesn't have to be that way. And there are families where there's a more um, mm, you know, guys are helping out a lot more, but, and there are families where there is a really equal partnership, but in most of the families that I know, um, it's a mom dominant family. Mom's the one who's running the show.
1: Right. And so that was for me. So I w- basically was looking at being a new mom, a new wife also, cause we were just newlyweds. Um, mm-hmm. I had to, you know, to go back to work. So I, we needed another car, and so we, you know, I had to go to work. And so for, uh, for me, the job that I was considering was downtown Toronto. That basically means that I have to, con- to kind of consider being an hour in traffic to work and two hours being sitting in traffic back from work.
0: Yeah, that's three hours that's unpaid um, away from home and right. work. Yeah, it's just,
1: it was it, it was, doesn't it make was, sense. It did not make sense. Plus, you no. have to go, come back home and <laughs> then there is dinner and then there is, you know, bedtime. And then there is spending time with your husband. It's like, basically, the, thought, the thoughts that were racing through my mind was that, oh my gosh, I was born a female. I was born a woman and I'm basically cursed. I'm basically cursed Mm -hmm. because that means that, and, and you know what? I grew up, I grew up with my, my mom did it. uh, My husband's mom did it. All Mm -hmm. the women around me, they did that too. But let me tell you this, the moment they crossed to the 50, like age 50, they Mm -hmm. are all sick. All a hundred percent. One has osteoporosis. One of them had breast cancer. One's uterus was removed. One had like brutal menopause. and all of those things uh, you know at the time i was i started being really interested you know the mo- the, the moment you become a mom health is all of a sudden important because you don't want to feed them crap and, Yeah. and you
0: are the the health ambassador for the entire family exactly, usually
1: exactly usually. so i started yeah. right so i started reading about this and i and i realized that oh my god i'm headed i'm headed in that direction and i didn't want to i didn't why does it mean That I have to kill myself. Is there even a a way for me to really enjoy this time of my life? To enjoy the time when my kids are still little, little, and I am, you know, I'm just building this home, building this family. Can it be that I can actually enjoy it? Because when I let me tell you this, when I looked at other moms like me, um, they were all exhausted, burnt out, unhappy. The life basically, it feels like life is being sucked out of you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's when I. I really had to rethink my life. I mm-hmm. was deeply depressed. I wasn't diagnosed, but I self-diagnosed. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, you knew how I you happy. felt. I knew how I felt yeah. because it was not me. I was always right. very happy, ener- energe- energetic. I, I was always the positive one. And all of a sudden, here I am thinking about um, regretting being becoming a mom. Am Mm -hmm. I even allowed to say it?
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of women, you know, it's, it's, it, two things can be true at the same time. You can absolutely adore your children and your family and your baby. You can love them, love them, love them, and wish you had your life back. Both things can be true.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and sometimes that feels like regret. Not exactly like regret, like, God, I wish I hadn't had that kid, but regret, like, I really wish that I had my life back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's different.
1: Yeah. And then the second came along and then the third came along and I was just, oh my God, I was sinking deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, When my second was born, I decided I actually want (laughs) to get, you know, like I want to learn to become. A nutritionist, so the health piece was really important and interesting to me. So I went into nutrition school. I became a registered holistic nutritionist, and then I just, you know, started taking taking on clients here and there. I started my career as a pediatric nutritionist. So I was working mainly with families who were struggling with picky eaters and, um, you know, struggle who struggled with feeding their kids with feeding problems. and very quickly, I realized that in most cases, like 99% of cases, it wasn't kids' fault. Kids, you know, parents, as parents, we expect our children to eat, to be healthy and to prioritize mm-hmm. health when we ourselves the moment we put them to sleep we you know binge on cookies and chips and alcohol yeah. and we yeah. like and 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 so to me i i had to become really honest with myself and i realized that i am serving servicing the wrong person like the it's not the kids kids it's it's mm-hmm. not the kids fault and so in most cases I'm not saying in all cases but in most cases it was the mom who was responsible for feeding and, and so I started kind of shift into working with the moms. And in most cases, the moms eating habits and eating styles were really off, <laughs> really yeah. off. Like you were expecting your kids to like not only eat broccoli, but actually like it, enjoy it, pick it over chocolate and candy. And here you are yourself, you, you don't even eat, you forget to eat or you binge. And, you know, so there was a huge um, disconnect between how we, how we eat and how we take care of ourselves and how we, um, you know, take care of our kids. And that's Mm -hmm. where it all shifted for me. I made this decision that I'm only going to be working with moms. And so, yeah, women who wanted to lose the weight, um, Mm -hmm. who went from... You know who like who had emotional eating problems, who would binge eat, who went on multiple diets like the yo-yo dieting, uh, thyroid mm-hmm. problems, hormonal imbalances, um, severe dehydration, acne—you um, name it. You know, you name it. I've seen it all. It's 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 really it's a big deal it's a big deal yeah. and then and then we as women and i and you get it and i get it right when we are it's like you're pressed for time energy and energy and also money when you are a mom and so then we are under the belief and the illusion it is 100% delusion and illusion that we don't have time for ourselves and the truth is, and I've seen it through experience from my own experience and also my clients, is that it's just that we don't value our health enough, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so yep. it's really all about that. The moment you start valuing, you know, anything you value, you all of a sudden find time for, Sure. Right. So, yeah. so, so that's how it all evolved for me. And I, mean, I think you asked the question about how my day looks like for me right yeah. now. Number one is about <laughs> sustainability. My life mm-hmm. has to be sustainable. If my life is unsustainable, if I feel like I, um, you know, I work too hard or I work too much without a clear meaning to it, then I, I'm out of there i do not want to be like that and i also don't want to um i don't want to leave that legacy for my girls right right i have girls who are growing up and i really like this is my this is really like what inspires and motivates me the most i want to come to a place where i let's say my daughters are in their mid-20s and they look me in the eyes and they say mommy like, what should I do? I want to feel like, you know what, sweetie? It's your time. You know, if, you, if you're if you in love and you want to get married, do it. If you want to have kids, do it. You will, you know, it's going to be amazing. That's how I want to, this is the advice that I want to give them. Mm-hmm. And And at some point, I... I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm such a hypocrite. Here I am wanting to raise, you know, girls who are going to, you know, one day if they choose to become wives and mothers and, but I, I, I was struggling. So why on earth will I give this advice to my own children? Right. Right. So I, I had to really start kind of like unpacking this whole thing. And started to look at me. How do I show up in my life? Where am I not prioritizing myself? Where can I downsize a little bit? And where can I let go of control? Uh, where can I? How can I eat in a way that will? Like I said, be and feel sustainable. Why does everything have to be so complicated and complex, right? So what we've done is we've decided to own one car in turn, instead of two. We've, downside, we've downsized. We live in a smaller house. Um I mean, we don't, it's not like we are crammed. It's, we still have, everybody has their own space, but it's a smaller space. You know, Mm -hmm. our mortgage payments are lower. Um, I work from home. Um, My husband also, up until last week, he used to also work from home. Like we really wanted to keep it in a way that makes our lives simple, right? It's simplicity Mm -hmm. all the way. Um, Mm -hmm. my work schedule is really around my kids, even my gym, my exercise, my, everything is around kids. Everything is around, you know, my momhood, mom life. Um, Mm -hmm. I could have easily said, you know what? I'm too busy. Uh, My work schedule is too much. Uh, you know, I'm not going to exercise or no, I'm like, no, this is number one for me. I, I color code my calendar and I decided with myself that every single day I want to have, and I color, um, color coded me time. So personal mm-hmm. self care time in yellow. So my, co- um, agreement with myself was that every single day I want to have at least one yellow a slot in my calendar that is just just for me. It can be exercise. It can be just walk in the park. It can be spending time with my girlfriends. It can be just reading, can be just taking a bath, whatever it is. But I made this agreement with myself. And then I'm very vocal about sharing this with my girls because I want them to see. I want them to Mm. see a mom who is an amazing wife is an amazing mother and also is an amazing business owner, and and it really all is possible, but it doesn't have to be in a way that we when we um, respond to you know all, uh, the cultural conditioning or the way work is supposed to be, meaning you know, living for work and then coming back like that's just it does not resonate with us. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to give yourself the permission to do it your way, the way that works for you. Yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah.
0: Exercise. So I'm, I want to ask a few questions. How, when you put in a yellow slot, how long is that slot? How much time do you designate for yourself?
1: You know, uh, it depends for what, um, if it's reading 30 minutes, I'm done. And Mm -hmm. it also depends when. Uh, I usually read before I go to bed. Uh, Exercise, Mm -hmm. like this morning, for example, I dropped dropped my kids off at school. Um, I was done by uh, eight thirty, so I exercised from quarter to nine until nine twenty five. Like, you know, I just joined the gym and they have this really fun Pilates class. It's short. It's it's really good. Like it's enough for me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I go to boot camp classes, and that's an hour and fifteen minutes. Look, like mm-hmm. it, it really depends. The point is that it's it's in the calendar, and I decided yep. that I am going to move my body my body daily. So it can be mm-hmm. yoga, it can be boot camp, it can be walk in the park, whatever it is. Um, and for me, what I practice is something that is called. I call it living in alignment with your feminine current. And for me, I don't know if you're, um, are you familiar with cycle syncing?
0: You know, I've heard of it, but I think you'd better describe it. Okay.
1: So when I learned this system, I was like completely blown away because I found, and I was on the lookout for these things because like I said, I was looking for a way to, for, for a way that will feel sustainable to live as a woman. And so cycles thinking, what that is, I learned it from a book by Alisa Vitti. It's called The Woman Code. And it's basically it's all about food. It's all about how to eat in alignment with your cycle. So as a woman, you know, most women have periods. And the period in most cases ranges between 28 to 32 days, right? Some women yeah. don't have a regular cycle and that is a clear signal. Uh, that's where you, you, know, you need to know that your body is your best health coach. And so when a female's body doesn't produce a regular cycle, that is a warning sign. It's like, you know, think about it as like your dashboard, something hormonally is off. And so you need to pay attention to it, not to, um, you know, turn off the system completely with birth control pills or, you know, other hormonal um medications but instead to actually be courageous and honest with yourself why what's going on what is turning this cycle on right so for me i did i i was menstruating regularly so let's let's for example take a 28 day cycle in this cycle um you can Uh, divide them into four phases so there is menstruation and then there is the follicular phase then there is ovulation and then there is the luteal phase and so these four phases every single woman has them you know the days can can range but the point is that your hormones change all the time and so basically what we need to understand that we are mammals And we are driven mostly by our biology and our biology is mostly our hormones. So when we're eating, when we are showing up in our day, when we're socializing, when we're exercising, when we're being in the world, what we're basically doing is we're constantly working with those with hormones. And so what's the smartest way and the thing to do as a woman, as a female, is to understand your hormones, understand the four phases, understand, you know, when is estrogen being uh, secreted into the body? How does even estrogen feel in the body? Let me tell you this, estrogen, when, when a woman feels anxious or worried, that is a sign that estrogen is being secreted into her bloodstream. That's how estrogen feels. Testosterone, which is the male hormone, makes you feel more confident and more certain and assertive. Right? So it's really interesting to see how different various hormones, how, especially the sex hormones, how they work and how they feel. And then the next level is how the, how can I eat in a way that supports them so that I can actually have the most energy that my body can provide in each one of the, of the cycles, in each one of the phases, right? It's 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 really interesting, it's fascinating. And once I started, organizing my life in alignment with the, with my cycles and those phases, I started to eat in alignment with my cycle. I started to move my body in alignment with my cycle. I started to socialize, you know, to choose my social uh, engagements in alignment with the, with my cycle. My entire life completely changed. Now I feel like I'm the sun and everybody, everybody is like just revolving around me. And I don't say it from like a place of, you know, egoism. It's just that everybody now eats what I need to eat because they don't care. Um, mm-hmm. But also energetically, everybody knows, like we have a family calendar. Everybody knows when when is... When is mom going to be on her period? Because they know that this is the time when mommy needs to rest. This is the time that mommy needs to nap. That's the time that mommy is going to bed earlier. So my husband knows to arrange his schedule in alignment with with me, with that. Uh, My kids know not to bother me too much. Even my toddler, she knows. Um, and to me, this is really important because I'm raising girls. I want them mm-hmm. to know that their bodies are beautiful, they're they're magical, and they're brilliant. They were designed in a certain way to make our life easier. Um, every single one of my clients would say, Dorit, you know, once I start to live like this, I feel like I'm I'm just in my flow. Everything just flows, as opposed to um you know swimming like upstream right that's mm-hmm. why the system i name i i called it i call it the feminine energy current because just like the river's current it flows and it flows effortlessly and it feels so good you know and so when life feels good that's how you know that everything is in place you know um so yeah that's how i live and that's what I teach my clients to do, because to me this is this is the most sustainable way to live as a woman.
0: It's advice that you know most women are not hearing as they grow up, yeah. especially if they live in families with where it's traditional or cultural for women to marry young, have babies young, and have a lot of them and um it's really valuable, really valuable information absolutely and you know i have several daughters and uh they're all kicking ass out there in the world right now as adult women and i tell you what it is it was no easy feat to raise them you know we live in this world that's you know designed to hold women down and designed to keep women in a position of mm-hmm. servitude to some extent even though we also live at a time when women are Expanding their roles and capabilities, and entrepreneurship and leadership, more than and at any other time in history. So, so both of those things are happening at the same time, and everyone I know knows that. So, what do you? What's your advice for you know raising daughters during this time mm-hmm. in history to prioritize themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and I have a lot to say about that.
0: <laughs> My bad. My first bad. of all,
1: first of all. I think it's very important for us as mothers who are raising girls to be honest with them. You know, it's not about making life feel like a fairy tale, which is why I do not allow my kids to watch a lot of Disney movies. I grew up mm-hmm. on Disney movies, and a lot of them portray women as needing to be saved, needing to be rescued. Now, at the same time, I don't want them to, be, to think like... It's all about I can do it all, right? The go 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 mentality. Mm-hmm. It's really about understanding that. Listen, sweetie, you need to know that this world today, the way it is right now, it's it's a man's world. It's designed for men. Even if you mm-hmm. if you th- even if you look at the way the work uh, the work um, the workforce is designed, right? The nine to five. This is also, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is designed. To uh, to optimize men's um, energy levels, mm-hmm. because um, <laughs> this is really interesting. So it's really all really c- comes back to to hormones. The men's energy, men's cycle, men's also men also cycle, but their cycle culminates every twenty four hours, as opposed to for women, it culminates every twenty eight days, right on 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 average. And so what happens is. They, their energy rises in the morning because testosterone responds to the sun. So sun is up, men's energy will be up. Around four, five-ish, depending on, on the season, the sun is starting to go down and so the testosterone levels will start coming down and so the men's energy will start to drop. Right? So this is right here and there. You can see that the work schedule, right not right? especially in corporate. it's right now it's designed for men. It's not designed for women, which is why so many women feel like they're exhausted, like they're burnt out, right? So in my ideal world, (laughs) corporations will understand this and they will allow more flexibility for a woman. Now, it's not to say that, oh, because you're a woman, you're getting more benefits. No, it's not that. Because let me tell you this, every single phase has its plus and minuses. So for example, when we are in ovulation, we are twice as productive than a man so it's really wor- it's it's really kind of like you know really finding the harmony and the balance between you know during this time but what i tell my girls i mean they're still young but what i envision telling them is first of all you need to understand that this is a, me- a world that is designed for men but you as a woman you have power and your power is not in saying I am stronger and I can do anything that a man does. <laughs> I mean, it's, listen, it's, it's the truth. It's true. We mm-hmm, women are mm-hmm. strong and we can really do it all. And we can have it all. But we, but then, I, and I ask myself all the time, is this really how I want to live? No, I want to live in companionship. I want to live in friendship with my husband. I love him so much, right? So it's really, it all comes down to sustainability, Harmony, um, communication, very clear communication. Um, I teach my clients the four C's, compassionate, crystal clear communication, always in all things. And once, once you live like that, life becomes just, you feel like you are in control of your life, like you are designing and creating your life as opposed to just falling into somebody's um, definition or conditioning of how a life should be. Right. And especially for us as women who, who have chosen in, well, and sometimes you don't choose it, but in most cases, you know, I know that I have chosen to be a mom. I, every one of my kids, I've wanted them. So if I made that choice, it's also my responsibility to, to, to live an amazing life and also show them that it's possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, it. so it's being this powerful, energized woman, wise woman in a man's world. That's just how it is. so don't and and that.
0: this generation of young women and girls now are going to be some of the most influential in, you know, not necessarily changing the world to be a um woman's world, but bringing us into a little bit closer. Equality. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and and it cannot be done by pretending like you are a man. You know, the go go go, mm-hmm. I can do it nonstop, push push push. That will bring you to your down to your knees. It will make you mm-hmm. sick. It will make you depressed. It will make you burnt out. It will make you to just dump it all and start anew. As opposed to if you really considerate the fact that you are a woman, like really like be with it, sit with it, embrace it. There's so much power and beauty in it. Slow down, slow down. Embrace your feminine energy, right? Don't be in your masculine all the time. The masculine is the go-getter. It's the achiever. it's, It's mostly wrapped around money and there is nothing wrong with it. It's just that you need to know that you can't be in that energy all the time, right? Not all the time. And and, and and when we are slowing down, it doesn't mean that we're weak. No, it's not weakness. Resting, it's not being weak. And also when we rest, let's say, let's decide. Like for example, for me, my rest time is when I menstruate. And so it's encoded it's in my body. Even if you think about it, when we menstruate, naturally, we are more tired. I know that I, when I want to communicate, <laughs> when I menstruate, my, I just lose words. Like I can't even talk because all I want to do is just to hide. And that's normal. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's in nature, right? When mammals menstruate, they hide, they go away, they retreat. So wouldn't it be amazing if we could live like that, if we could embrace it, but also use our feminine energy, meaning, you know, become more vulnerable and more compassionate and more open and stop defending ourselves and pretending all the time. This this way, it's really hard and almost impossible to create a society um, <laughs> that will allow both of, you know, both male and females to, to live to their highest potential.
0: It's really, I think we're on, it's hard, but I think we're on our way.
1: I don't think that
0: I'm going to see it happen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm way older Mm -hmm. than you, but I think you will. I think you will. And I know my daughters will. I hope so. Yeah. We are getting down to the end of our time together, but I want to ask you a few more questions. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, where do listeners find out more about you and about the information we've talked about today? Where should they go? Instagram. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So find me on Instagram. So my handle is at Mom uh on over at instagram you can find my website uh www.healthbeginswithmom.com my podcast is called health begins with mom it's actually right now in the process of being renamed so it's going to be called uh, i hope by the end of this month it will be finally done it will be renamed to confident energized and sexy mama show um so okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you're interested to learn more about this, then head on over there. Um, my fa- I'm I'm also on Facebook. You can join my Facebook group. It's called Busy Moms Get Healthy. On Facebook, I'm just by my name Dorit Palvanov.
0: So, Great, you better spell that last name, Dorit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I told you I was born yeah. in the former Soviet Union, so that's where it is. Yeah. Um P A L V-A-N-O-V. And you're very welcome to find me, send me a private message, and say that you've heard me on this show, and I'm happy
0: to connect. Then the last question is this. Where are you in the world of motherhood?
1: I feel like I am in the emergence. I feel like I'm starting to get my juice for life back after being deep, in deep, deep, deep um, woods <laughs> for a long time, it was yeah. really hard. For me, it was very terribly difficult um, because I struggled to be that mom that I longed to be, you know, that I fantasized to be, the calm, the the poised, the composed, the the... the the, the um, confident mom that I want to be. And I know that I can be. And yet here I was struggling so much and dreaming of just like being out of it. And just like, <laughs> yeah, like I said, regret was huge in my life. Uh, it, it, it hurts to say, but it's it's just the truth. And mothers need to know that if you have these thoughts, they're normal um, to, to a certain degree, of course. Um, but to me, the, the key was, the, the turning point was when I actually was open enough and, and um, courageous enough to ask for help. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I started, when I hired a coach, I actually hired two coaches and I started joining groups. I started creating my own wise council of women, of of friends. Um, That's, you know, that's when I started seeing a huge shift um, because we cannot possibly do this alone. It's actually detrimental to our children for us to try to do it all on our own, in my opinion.
0: I agree. <clears throat> I couldn't agree more. Well, Doreen, this has been a really great conversation, and I appreciate your coming on the podcast and talking about it. It's important stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I bet we'll talk again down the road. Yeah, for sure. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said, Mama said. Okay, that's it for this week, everybody. You can learn more about Dorit at Health Begins With Mom on Instagram or by listening to her weekly podcast also titled Health Begins With Mom. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. Email me jean at jean Faulkner, and tweet me at jean Faulkner. Find us over on Instagram and Facebook and please send us your ideas for new episodes and, you know, any questions you want me to answer. Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, guys. We're Sarah and Matthew Bivens, hosts of the Doing It at Home podcast, a show dedicated to empowering stories and resources around home birth. Our mission is to normalize home birth and encourage mamas and families to be educated, supported, and empowered by their birth choices, whatever they are.
0: You can find the podcast in Apple, Google, Stitcher, The Pod Network, and on our website, diahpodcast.com.